0: On this very special episode of What If? We have music producer, I'm a celeb star, Naughty Boy. Naughty Boy.
1: Hi. Thank you for having me. <laughs> it's so
2: lovely to see you. You know I don't like calling you Naughty Boy because you're not naughty.
1: No. <laughs> no, that's exactly what my mum would say. But I think um, it's not as much naughty as it is. a bit cheeky. Just Cheeky. It's like, okay. it's, Cheeky's fine. Yeah. Cheeky's good. But where did the name come from? I think... Growing up, I just always wanted to know what it felt like because I wasn't a naughty boy. I I was always a good boy, and I was, you know, you when you're always thinking, "Oh, imagine if I was just a bit not perfect at at my school or no no one's perfect." But you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I thought, yeah, I'm gonna create an alter ego, and that way, naughty boy is gonna save music in the world, and then if it doesn't go well, I can hide behind him.
2: <laughs> do you know what? That's I get that completely. I, yeah. I really do. That that makes
1: because you're stepping into the unknown as well.
2: Absolutely, right? of course. I mean, you were born here, obviously.
1: Yes, Watford. but
2: um, spent time in Pakistan. Did you do did you know? I spent a couple of years at school in Pakistan.
1: I did. I spent oh. um, so my dad took us out of primary school for nearly two years, and he wanted me and my brother to see how he grew up in his village in Pakistan. So I went to the school in my dad's village for about a year and a half. And yeah, that was life changing. And I studied the Quran as well while I was there. So I learned to read Arabic. I learned to read Urdu and write Urdu. I can't remember how to write it anymore. But no, that's definitely a moment in time. Mm. And also I think I learned my biggest lesson in the village was you know because in school here in primary school we used to get out our lunch lunch boxes and then just start eating so I'd do that there and then after a few days one of the kids said to me just took me to the side and said you know here like we don't eat unless all of us eat so as in but I was used to in the primary school like just pull out your lunch box and just start eating your sandwich but that stayed with me forever and I find it difficult to eat without the people around me.
2: Everybody's got to do it. That's Mm. actually a really good idea. And I don't think that was
1: part of my dad's reason for sending me, but (laughs) (laughs) these little little nuggets, I was telling him the other day, like, yeah, that changed me.
2: No, absolutely. And of course, you would be steeped in the culture, the the music, the telly, the films, all of that. And as somebody who's really creative, you just, I would imagine, absorbing that like a
1: wee sponge. Oh, yeah. No, I was definitely a sponge and I was taking everything <laughs> in but I grew up with like Bollywood music and Pakistani music so I didn't really wasn't paying attention to Western music and if I ever thought I'd make music I, I, I would thought it'd be Bollywood but it's mad what the <laughs> where life takes you
0: but then it's all different yeah
2: it's all working isn't it you're yes. getting different influences from everywhere
0: I guess so what age were you when you came back to the UK
1: I was I think 12 or 13 okay. Yeah, and then I was back in school. And then I started secondary school.
2: Oh. That's a really good idea, though. Yeah.
1: Yeah, no, especially, like, if you want to know more about where your parents yeah. are from and mm-hmm. how what it took for them to grow up. Because imagine if my dad didn't come here in the late 60s, I would have been from there. And mm-hmm. I probably would have made, like, Asian, South Asian music and <laughs> <laughs> bangra, I don't know. But, no, but it was good to see, you know, as you... Yeah. You've mm-hmm. got to say really well, what if?
2: What if? Yeah. What if? I mean, we kind of did that with you. Yeah, a little bit. We, we took you from England and took I you know. up to Scotland and you were
1: you were not sure. Dragged me away. Oh, wow. <laughs>
2: when you were 11, do you remember? Because they yeah. took you, you up, up to go to secondary school. I, that's so.
1: the same. And, and <laughs> did you get to know more about like the culture that you could have been more part of
0: yeah a little bit yeah it was it was yeah it was so weird coming from a tiny tiny little countryside town to a city and yeah, being and in, in a school because my, my class was like eight people oh, and wow. six girls to a year with like 100 people it was well not 100 but a lot more <laughs> um so yeah it was nice and it was nicer just to be near a family you that was it it's family, family isn't yeah. It? Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah it is it is family so it's, it's all about mm. that isn't it and you went to uni in London? I did, yes. But you studied business and marketing. What's uh, that all about?
1: <laughs> you know what? It's so weird because I knew I, I wanted to make music eventually, but then I thought, how do I get my mum and dad to think I'm doing something serious, like studying oh. something serious? So it was business and music marketing, which I still don't know what okay. music marketing... I, I get it from a record label perspective, but... To be honest, I just knew something to do with music, and there's business involved, so my dad will be happy, <laughs> and then, and then I'll make I'll just make just get through it mm-hmm. through the rest, and then eventually I'll have a degree and it'll have something to do with music, so I can still leave that door open. A bit. Mm-hmm. But then I dropped out anyway.
2: <laughs> no, and then the biggest what if of all, isn't it, Rosie? The biggest what if was if you hadn't gone on a particular show. Yes. That was (laughs) astonishing. So you went on Deal or No Deal, which I'm sure people remember on Channel 4 with Noel Edmonds. Yes. You decided to go on that and that worked out rather well.
1: It did and, you (laughs) know, I was thinking about this on the way here. I did win money. I won £44,000 which was amazing. I only had £10 in my bank account but that was the first time I stepped out of Watford where out of my comfort zone. I wasn't around my family, my friends. I'd never been away for two, three weeks by myself. So I was staying in Bristol because that's where it was filmed in a hotel with these other contestants that I've never met. So it was my first time doing like growing up things, you know mm. what I mean? And how old were you? I was I'd say about twenty twenty-six, twenty-seven. Okay. Wow. Yeah. And then what it gave me was confidence to think I can actually think something mm. and it will happen and then I can carry that forward. I guess it comes down to knowing your sole purpose. Like I just knew I needed money. The area I grew up in was like a council estate, so you couldn't have all the things. That, having a piano wasn't like something my mum and dad would think was important, but why would they? Do you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. mm. I was just always passionate about music. So then with that money, I gave some 15000 to my mum and dad just for being my mum and dad. <laughs> and <laughs> then um, I bought an Audi A3 because you can take the boy out of Watford. But <laughs> 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 and then I, I built a studio in my mom and dad's shed oh. with, where their pots and pans used to be. So I just turned it into a kind of like a studio. Like it was Dell PC and a keyboard. It wasn't like it didn't have all the equipment, but... It, it made me think I can go out and now say I've got a studio. And then I think once you know you're on the path of what your sole purpose is, you start thinking, you know, because I had jobs before where I was selling like Victorian dolls. A That's uh, a
2: strange job.
1: It is. <laughs> no, but it's, do you know how they, um, you're calling these old cut people who are like obsessed with these Victorian dolls yeah. and some of them treat them as they're like kids.
0: I Ooh. I know someone who, oh. who has, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. so that was one of the last jobs I, I had.
0: I don't know
1: them anymore. But just <laughs> <laughs> no, but it started giving me that. I started feeling weird thinking I'm trying to sell these really nice, kind, gentle old people these dolls, as if this is, you know, describe them, the hair and this. And I thought, this is weird. It's like I'm describing a living person. Mm. And then I thought, no, this might not be my sole purpose. I don't think it was. (laughs) I don't think it was. I
2: think it was much better that you went into music. And from that, from winning that show, Mm. from getting that amount of money that you could do something with and being you, Mm. you know, (laughs) giving most of it away. But you you did do that. And was that when it all really started taking off?
1: I think that's when the penny dropped that I can. Mm. You know? I can think something. And all I needed at the time I thought was money. So if I had money, I'd I'd be able to build a studio. But I needed so much more. I needed confidence. I needed um you know, this was around, you know, when there was every time I remember this one lady on the show, just after I played my game lovely old lady and she lived like in the south somewhere and we went for, I used to take her for a walk at the river in Bristol just because we were, all became friends in there and she said to me in a really nice way I only ever see people like you on the news and this was around when 7-7 and you know when,
2: <gasps> Oh I yeah. see I and, understand
1: but she yeah. said it in such a normal kind way that she didn't I didn't take any offence right. mm-hmm. like, you know what It made me think, I'm so glad I did this. Because if if you're used to seeing people like similar, like look like me, brown and or same name as me, and I've changed your perception of that. To me, that was a win. Absolutely. And that will live forever. And And then I'm sure she went back home and then told her friends as well. Like, you know, I think during that time, there was a lot... There's a lot on the news and, you know, it was difficult to then to under- separate fact from fiction. But I think when you meet someone and they they represent that, you know, in mm-hmm. terms of like, you know, I'm Muslim and I'm proud and there's so much more to it. And for me to do that then, that then made me think, you know what, right. maybe I'm needed.
2: <laughs> I, I hear exactly what you're saying, actually. You're quite right. And of course, We don't really think about that at all. You don't. Of course you don't, because it's
1: not your experience. There's certain parts in the country where, you know, people don't come across, like, different people. Yeah,
2: sure, sure.
1: So I'm sure that wasn't, you know... It wasn't her fault for thinking that because she she just maybe from where she's from yeah just doesn't
2: whereas living here living in London yeah. is where we are you know yeah. we're talking in London of course everybody I mean, it's a real big melting pot which is that's one of the great things about it yeah. was that the exactly. people from all over the world you know it doesn't matter where you're from uh, you make your home here and yep. and that's that's terrific but you've read... how interesting yeah. mm. how interesting and you made a difference in that but that sends ripples as well that one interaction that you had with mm. that woman that you're right yes. that makes bigger bigger ripples
1: and that's how we bring ah, change as well of like, course. so that made me think you know what I, I might be doing something where i'm gonna make music but also you know bring some change mm. in mm. a nice way
0: yeah for know? sure for sure so going back to the old shed yes was that it the, was the, the beginning of naughty boy was that yes, yes. Wow.
1: so um i remember the last thing i said to so I bumped into Noel Edmonds a few years later. You're going to love this. At the, <laughs> at the Ivy in the cloakroom. And then we looked at each other and I thought, is he going to recognise me? And he did. And he was like, you know, you're the only person that came on my show and done what he said he was going to do with the money.
0: Because oh. I said, oh, wow.
1: I, I was a bit after the show and... I'd have won the money, I did say, Oh, I'm gonna be a big music producer one day and I'm gonna put some of this money into that.
2: And he was going, Yeah.
1: And but, but he remembered it. that. But he
2: remembered and and he remembered that you you'd have to Yeah, and them he them but it.
1: he doesn't know like the show was like one thing, but in the green room there was a book that I'd never read called The Alchemist. Oh, it's oh, a yeah. great book. And I read that throughout my when I was playing because you have to play games like open boxes until yeah. you play your own. Yeah. So I was reading that book throughout and that like just I feel like I was a character in that book.
2: And the stars aligned, didn't yeah. they? Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it
1: genuinely felt it, like that. It
2: really did because that because that show was luck, wasn't it? Yeah, and,
1: yeah. and that's the reason why I chose that show because I went through all the TV shows where you can win money and I didn't want the ones that had hard questions. No, So no. I was thinking, you know, I'm quite a spiritual guy. So if it's, if it's luck, then it's already written. Mm-hmm. If, if I'm supposed to win anything, I've, I already have. And I noticed the people on the show... They were the ones that were like already counting their money before they won it, and mm. saying, "Oh, I'm going to spend that. I'm going to pay off my daughters." All good things. If they were, I'd see that they wouldn't really win much mm. because they'd like planned it out. Like this is what I'm gonna, this is what mm. I'm gonna win, and this is what I'm gonna spend it on. So I just thought, Nah, go with the flow.
2: Yeah,
1: just go with the flow. A
2: boy, it worked, didn't it? Yeah, as you said, yeah. it was the start of everything,
0: mm-hmm. isn't it? What do you think was your big break?
1: My big break, I think, was making Emily, Emily Sandys first album. Oh,
0: yeah. Our, Isn't she wonderful?
1: Our version of events. That's like, right. That yeah. was... Such a good album. So Emily, I met just after, a couple of years after Deal or No Deal. When I, once I had my studio shed, <laughs> my, my little shed, and then that way um, I could drive into London by myself and just go to, I was going to live showcases because I wanted a singer to work with and I'd never worked with a singer. I would only ever worked ever worked with rappers so I saw Emily one night at a showcase I love live showcase in East London drove up in my little Audi A3 (laughs) (laughs) and then I'm the kind of guy that would just park up outside venues and then get tickets and just the tickets just kept piling up and no one should do that but like that got me in because otherwise I would have missed the show I just parked up outside went in and Emily performed, she performed a song called My Baby's Eyes, a stunning song and you know when you feel like you're in a room where there's other people but someone starts singing and you think you're the only person they're singing to or the only person really listening Mm -hmm. and there was that energy exchange and then afterwards I just went up to her and I said, I make beats, do you want to make a tune with me? (laughs) (laughs) And then looking back on it, why, why did she even say yes? But I asked her this recently and she said... I just trusted your energy, or I trusted you straight away. And I just thought, mm. you know what? But then I took it a step further, and she was studying in Glasgow. She was doing a medical degree, a doctor's degree. Yeah, that's right. And I asked her, what if you like drop out of it and we make a record together? But then you know you can drop out of certain degrees and then go back into mm-hmm. it and take a little time out. I just had this like, urge that now, this girl is a superstar. And I want to be a passenger in this vehicle. And oh, that's
2: brilliant. And you said the word, what if? Yeah. <laughs> you know, What if you drop in? No, but and know, then
1: I was just... blagging it. I was just saying to her, you know, <laughs> like I was playing her my tunes in the car and then suddenly she was in my car outside the thing and we were just listening to tunes. I was playing her beats and I was like, you know, I've got really good feeling about it. And mm. I've never worked with a singer. So let's just give it a go. And then after a little while, she paused on her degree and then she started um, coming to... London Luton Airport from Glasgow mm-hmm. on an easy jet flight and I'd pick her up and then... That's actually how we started like, a few of the songs from the album as well. Really? Just on that? car journey? On the car, on the car oh, journey oh. when mm-hmm. I'd pick her up and then we'd go back to the shit and this was when I started moving into Ealing Film Studios which has been my studio for the last, what, 10 years now. And yeah, and then the rest...
2: That's how it happened. But you two, obviously, it was meant to be. Yeah, we... You just clicked, didn't
1: you? There was something about...
2: She said the word trust.
1: Yes, and she I would say she's my musical soulmate. Yeah. And we fed off each other. Like, you know, Emily was a bit more classically trained than me and I was just a bit more spontaneous and like... Actually, no. Like, you know, I love it when something is like an accident Mm. musically and then I'm like, nah, let's keep that. You know, and then just see how
2: it, yeah, just see how it looks. But the two of you together. Together,
1: you? no. That just works. And I've it? never been able to replace that.
2: Isn't that amazing? Yeah.
0: yeah.
2: The collaborations are extraordinary, aren't
0: they? I know. We have to talk about Beyonce.
1: <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, We oh, can't also, not talk
0: about Beyonce. No, we will
1: talk about Beyonce. <laughs> but Queen, the Queen, Beyonce. But Emily's new single, There Isn't Much, is like me and her as well. And, <gasps> that's um, right. So that's, uh, a lot of people have said that that's their new... Mm. That's their favourite from the new album. So.
2: Oh. And she's fantastic. She And is. so happy in her yes. personal life. Yes. It's, yes. Just, it's just
1: great. And she is. I've never seen her this happy and good, content. And that spills into all parts of, of life. Of course it does. When, when you're happy with, with the inner. Yeah, know?
0: definitely. But no, back to Beyonce. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. How did that happen?
1: <sighs> well, she called me.
0: Oh please!
1: No, but <laughs> it, that wasn't the only thing that happened. No, but that's that. That was like when I really thought, oh, this might actually be happening. Because until then, like you know, there was a song running. Yeah. Um, the writers, um, Arab Benjamin and Carla Marie, they. They'd written this and Johnny Coffer, they'd written this incredible song on it was just a piano song at the time. And then when when I heard it, I could just my brain was going mad. I was thinking, oh, this could be an up tempo, like and the, the chorus is running, running, like then it could start off like like a ballad and then it could turn into like an anthem. But that's what I was hearing. And then when so it was gonna be my first single for my which is still my second album that's gonna come out. And someone played I think beyonce's publisher played it to her just the I think the piano version, and she just fell in love with it and resonated with it and I think that's i think that's what's special about artists like beyonce like the song is king mm.
2: Mm.
1: without the song like you can do everything else but like the key is always the song and what what is it saying and is is that message for the world and I was learning about how you make timeless songs and for that song to resonate with her. And then once she called me, I was on the, I remember I was on the A40 with my friend. We were going to the studio and I was like saying to him, "Stop the car. I think this is Beyonce. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's so weird. And then he stopped the car at petrol station. I just, I was just talking, we spoke for about 20 minutes. And, but what I've learned is like, cause I'm such a Beyonce fan, but I didn't, I didn't start fangirling and start getting like, oh, oh well done, no because
0: yeah. that would have been yeah. Thank God just... it was a phone call and not like a Facetime yeah, or something. no,
1: exactly because yeah. I was kept all up like, muting and just saying, looking at Shaka. Same. <laughs> 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 no, but um, and I've learned that from seeing Emily become the superstar she became. Yes. Look at the Olympics, but, oh, yeah. and that was a year Amazing. after the album, Amazing. and then how people are are around like superstars. I was, I was thinking now. I can quietly be a big Beyonce fan. And then we spoke about things like, I was speaking about Blue Ivy and have you have you watched this film? There was a new, um, there was an animated film out then, I can't remember the name, just talking about life stuff. And yeah. I find when you talk about just normal things, because everyone's normal. Like, of, yeah. of course. As much course. as success is like an amazing, beautiful thing. But if you find the normal in everyone, you can have a conversation with everyone. Mm. That doesn't involve like just having to,
2: yeah. Exactly, and she probably found that really, really refreshing that you were just talking to her about things like, "Oh, should we? You know, should we go seeing this movie?" or, or just yeah. talking about family and stuff. Yeah, because right, she must get so used, to, you know, people just not thinking becoming... she's a person.
1: Yeah, yeah, that, yeah exactly, yeah. That, Rosie. exactly. Like, treat people like people, yeah. and then you'll get a person back.
2: Mm-hmm. that's very true and of course that collaboration was hugely, hugely successful oh, thank you. I mean really, that was very special I didn't it? even know
1: it was, while I was in the castle it was in the charts again so oh. it, yes. must people, it must have resonated again with people
2: Now you're always working, that's the thing about you you're a grafter
1: Yes <laughs>
2: Yeah, Works all the time, an absolute grafter but we did see you in I'm a Celebrity the mm-hmm. end of last
0: year, wasn't it? Yeah, yes. and you won in the lovely, well, you lovely Australia, because it's not a very nice camp, is it? It's not very luxurious. No, it's. But not, you were in a castle. But it,
2: at least it's yeah. warm.
0: Yeah, actually.
1: exactly. Yeah, that's, you know.
2: How like, was the castle? Was it really freezing and cold? And
1: it was so much more colder than people <laughs> knew. because <laughs> like, out of the two, I would prefer to be like really warm mm. and cold. I've got some friends who love the cold. I don't understand them. No, and, I don't. Yeah, get it. but I would have preferred, I guess. Being in the jungle and hot, but it's just because it was in Australia mm. and it, the distance. I needed to be like reachable for mum as well. Mm. Of course, of yeah. course. So, actually,
2: that makes so in a way it yeah. was it, it was the only way that you could do it. Yes. Ah.
1: So, but great. no, I'm, I'm glad I did it. I overcame so many fears. I proved something to myself more than anything. You know, I didn't go on there for obviously I was paid to go on there but that wasn't my driving thing and to be honest like I needed a break from living with mum just because up until that point like it's been five years since mum's stroke and I've only ever gone away for up to 10 days whether I've gone to LA or whether I've gone like, all work stuff but this was like the first time I've been away for like four weeks mm. and because I live with mum I knew this could be good for mum and me because, you know, she'll see me, like, leave and then come back and everything's fine. Whereas Mm. normally, even if I'm just going out to the shops, especially during lockdown, dementia, just like had a dip during the lockdown. Even if I was going to shops, she'd be like, oh, are you gonna be who's going with you? Oh, uh, um, you know, like the anxiety like was like times ten. But for everyone as well. Not yeah. not just with like dementia. I think we all a bit more anxiety prone. So I needed to do something like I'm a for that first so that she could see me every day on TV. I'm still away, I don't have my phone. Uh you know, I'm having a break from But then, in a way, I should have gone to like a one of those spas in Thailand because <laughs> <laughs> you can do all that there as well and, yeah, you still, yeah. and you still get a green juice in the morning
2: <laughs> very, very true but you did it's so interesting you mentioned your mum because you're incredibly close and mm. and our podcast of course is sponsored by Home Instead and that's all about supporting people mm. um, older people in particular that mm-hmm. that want to live at home for as long as possible yes. and sometimes we don't have that conversation do we?
1: No I
0: mean,
2: we don't have that and did you did you have that Conversation with Huri Mum. Did you talk about what she
1: wanted? Do you know the lot? La- and Mum had a stroke. I'd say I remember it was the day before George Michael passed away. Um, he passed away on Christmas Day. Mum yes. had the stroke on the Christmas Eve that year. We didn't know that. Dementia is like a common side effect of a stroke or vascular dementia, which Mum has. So it just gradually creeps in. Hmm. You know, you're dealing with other health things with Mum, and Mum kept forgetting things, or there was there was a change, a shift, and then when you have the official like brain scan and they can see the dementia, and then then we was like the penny dropped. Oh, this is going to be a journey, Hmm. but we're going to get through it because. Mum's been living with me for the last four years and I have a living carer, but I also have support from family. Very so she's so with yeah. my brother at the moment for a couple of weeks because it's Ramadan as well. And, you know, with my sister and my niece, you know, they're, they're there every weekend with mum. I'm glad and grateful that we were able to do this without mum having to go to a care home and that she still gets the, the love language that she wants, which is her family. Yeah. I guess like there's a reason for everything and that's why I've been working hard so now that when mum needs me most you know I put back my my album was supposed to come out a year after the Beyonce song running but that's when mum had the stroke so I put my album back for three years then because I, I thought I'm only ever gonna get m- one mum and she's she's my favorite person in the world so I'm just gonna like make her the priority. and then As time went on and we're stepping out of COVID now, it's because my brother and dad were abroad and they couldn't come back. Mm. And there were some difficult, challenging times, but I'm still grateful for everything because, yeah, now I have some family support and and mum's actually getting. Dementia is like a one-way street, but there's ways to manoeuvre it. Right. And I've learned that from experience because no one gives you a manual.
2: No, they no. don't. And unfortunately, it seems to be an awful lot. Is when, and there are a lot of negatives. Of course, there are, but there are some positives as well. And you being a very positive person, you know, you were, you know, you were saying that the fact that you. Are able to still have her with you, yes, is hugely important, no, you know. And you've got that support and you've got that the family as well, that's the most important thing, too, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, and
1: having finding Juliet like that was a godsend. And then during the first lockdown, Juliet was had to stay with us for yeah. three months and because she couldn't go home, mm. otherwise, it would have been of, of course difficult for her to, yeah. but yeah, having a carer that connects with, I wouldn't say like patient because they, they become like family. So J- Juliet's an extended member of our family. Yeah. Do you know what I mean?
2: No, exactly. That's what that's what everybody that works at home instead say. The the care professionals are so important the job they do is so yes. important and it's so valued and i think that is essential yeah. because i don't know that there is a more important job yeah. than taking care of somebody that's that's vulnerable yeah. or supporting a family when there's you know when there's a vulnerable situation it's hugely important yeah.
1: and then the carers that actually get pleasure out of looking after someone and being part of their journey, like, they're priceless. I have so much love and respect for carers, whether they're in care homes or at home. Yeah. Um, Yeah.
2: They do a brilliant
0: Mm. job. They really, really do. How is your mum doing now?
1: No, mum is actually, some ways, like, because with dementia, the better the eyesight and the hearing, the easier it is with the dementia it doesn't go away so mum had last year she had um quite bad cataract so she couldn't see properly so one of the eyes she couldn't see at all and she had a bit of vision in the other and we didn't realize how much that was making the dementia worse so this year I found this eye surgeon that did the queen's cataract because mum doing (laughs) no because mum always says that the queen's her friend because we live in has Cross in the Windsor's not far. Uh-huh.
2: <laughs> well, that's true. She's your neighbour. <laughs> yes. <absolutely.
1: laughs> she's always saying she's going for tea with the Queen. Yeah. <laughs> so I asked her to mum because um, it's quite, anything with mum is quite risky because of her cardio issues. Right. And mum initially had the stroke because her defibrillator gave her a shock oh, and she geez. fell and hit her head. Oh. So it wasn't a stroke in the conventional sense. Right. Mm. right. It was due to um, brain hemorrhage and impact. Right yeah and then this lady said she'd be prepared to do it with light sedation because and she's an eye surgeon that's like been doing it for years and she was comfortable doing mum's cataract and then that made us comfortable and made mum comfortable it was at the king edward hospital and very nice best hospital i've ever been and then um yeah then mum had the cataract removed and mum can see now
2: and that's made it a lot better. It's well, made it. If it's it good enough better. for the Queen, it's good enough for you. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. you know that's no, the thing. It's
1: just, it's made, <laughs> imagine like watching your mum pray. Like, cause last year, she all she kept praying was like, like God, give me my vision back. And, you know, you don't realize like mm. when it's just, when you can't see and mum has hearing aids. So if she didn't have her hearing aids in, it, it's not, not be able to see and not be able to hear. Then you're letting this run wild. Yeah, of course. And that's mm. where dementia thrives, when they've got an empty pocket. Where it can just mm-hmm. go loose and and create these realities that aren't there, whether it's hallucinations or you know uh, hearing things. So mm-hmm. there's more control with it now. She can see. Because, that's
2: incredible, isn't mm, it? it really yeah, is. and then
1: watching you, then seeing your mum's prayers come true. Yeah, that's like. Oh,
2: you know it's I mean better.
1: It's in in her situation. It's nice to to witness that. And be part of that.
2: What does she think of your
1: career and your music? <laughs> I know, she loves my music. Love. I love
2: that you mum likes your music. It's great. She, she
1: loves Wonder, which was the song yes. I did with Emily. Mm, she yes. loves running and... She loves now. Running's her favourite because whenever she hears that, and she got loves, good taste. she loves um, Emily's voice, of course, and Sam Smith. Well, to be honest, she might love everything. I don't know. <laughs> or is she just saying it? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but
2: it's great, and again, it's uh, We know that music is a really amazing thing for anybody who has got any sort yes. of form of dementia, you yes. know, Alzheimer's or whatever. It can really help.
1: What I've learned with Mum is when I found her safe place, everything got easier. And her safe place was three things like the food that she used to eat. So I've become a chef in the last five years. <laughs> You're very good. No, but I, I literally started you. cooking because my mum stopped cooking. Like, right. my whole plan was I'll get married one day and she'll cook. But no, the tables have turned. <laughs> but then at the same time, when I get married, I don't want to be the only cook. Right. I do want a shared responsibility. It's a shared
0: responsibility, yeah.
1: And then the other thing, praying like that's another safe place for mom when like when she's listening to prayers or she's praying herself that takes her out of whatever she's feeling and then music music is such a safe place for so many people and you just picking out a good memory in like for my mom it's the her wedding song that my dad played her which was a bollywood song called Pul Barso. and whenever I, whenever she was the dementia was getting a bit especially during lockdown you play that and then she's back there on the day when she got married. Right. And then it just removes everything mm. else. Sweet,
2: isn't it? yeah, and I'd love for
1: you know, anyone listening if they've got like a loved one that they care for or even that just you can ask them, maybe not what's your safe place, but like where's your happy place? And there's always an answer.
2: Yeah. And oftentimes it is at home. Yeah. It's being at home instead being at of everybody else, mm. you know.
1: And being around family. And I know it's not easy for everyone to be around because some people are, you know, like my father and brother were abroad during COVID and they couldn't come back. So mm. it can be difficult. But, you know, I, I think it'd be cool to go around care homes and just make sure people know, know that you can mm. look for your, their safe place. I like that. Mm. And I'll, I'll hopefully one day I'll write a book called A Safe Place. That,
2: that would be great. Ooh. That would be lovely, actually.
1: And, Rosie, you can help me. I'll help you. <laughs> no, honestly. Definitely. I
2: no, it's a really, really good idea. That's yeah, it's lovely. It's a smashing idea. What did your mum think of you when you were in the castle? Would she kind of saying, where's my boy? Oh, <laughs> that, what, what is he doing there? What's going on? She knew
1: because, you know, we had to quarantine for two weeks before oh. in Wales. Oh. So it was that plus the actual time in the show. Right. so it was it was around five six weeks altogether but during the when I was in quarantine I could still speak to her on the phone right but once I was in the castle mum's watched the show before she knew that you know he won't have his phone I think she was still expecting me to call but this is the beauty of television <laughs> so some of the shows when I was on and I was speaking in the What's that? The room where?
2: Oh yeah. The, what do they call it? What do they call that room? It's like it was like the Big Brother diary room, yeah. wasn't it? When they go oh. in the
1: the wee hot thing. Yeah. It's like the castle diary room. Yeah, yeah. it was. It was yeah. like that. Uh huh. She thought I was facetiming her. Oh.
2: <laughs> oh <that's laughs> so so
1: she would start talking back, and oh. then <laughs> how cute is that? So I'm <laughs> I'm in the castle, oblivious to anything. I'm thinking, oh, but my mom, mom's really worried. Like you know, so when I when I was saying like really think, I don't think this is for me I want to leave, I meant it, it wasn't mm. it didn't come from it, you know I'm, I was grateful that I had this opportunity but in the back of my mind I was thinking oh no, I need to check on mum can I just? Can I need to talk to her so mm. she knows I'm okay but you can't do it and it's not fair because if they if they let one person do yeah,
0: that there's everyone, other
1: contestants and then you start accepting and thinking and then once I just accepted like actually like, I'm here for a reason I'm just going to embrace it and I mm. just dived in and then I started then I started getting all these challenges and I was like oh no mum's gonna be watching this <laughs> so I'm gonna make sure I get some stars or you know yeah but no it by the time I came out and I spoke to mum I just it was so much more easier than what I thought was going on out in the outside world mm-hmm.
2: yeah no, because that, my
1: family were there you you interviewed my niece I actually. did oh,
2: she was and my lovely. sister you Absolutely know lovely. so mum
1: was Mum still had the same level of care and love and it just just little old me she was missing but then I came home <laughs>
2: and that then that was that was fine and it, and as you said it was actually quite nice to have that little bit of
1: yeah.
0: uh, of a, yes. break, a break
1: it was nice for the two of us mm. I thought it was just gonna be like a break for me but I think it was good for her too no
0: definitely you have a huge family, but who looks after you
1: oh <sighs> Very interesting question Something I've been pondering <laughs> No but You know I'm a man of faith I believe things happen In God's time And, and you know I follow that I do wish like I'd have got married 10 years ago When my parents were telling me to like Get married young or you'll get set in your ways <laughs> Yes and it's true though, Lorraine, yeah. you do get set in your ways.
2: You do, of course you do. You get fairly used to your own yeah. way of doing things.
0: Mm. Yeah, yeah,
1: no, so uh, although I'm still excited about that moment, but, you know, especially living with mum, it would have been nice if I had my own family and then I could, like, look after a better. But then, you know, the flip side, you know, I've got some friends who their partner's, didn't want to help them look mm. after mm-hmm. a loved one. Yeah, so. it's, it's
2: a difficult one. It is a really, really difficult one. It's hard, isn't it? And it does take its toll. Mm. It takes its toll on you. Much as you absolutely love your mum and she loves you back, mm. you know, I think what you said there about just taking a wee break, because you have to for your own yes. mental health, you know. No, you, 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 mm. You've got to, you really do. Just, just have that little bit of time, that's all. Even I mean, I, I know you were away doing a TV show, but for somebody else it might just be half a day going out somewhere or seeing somebody else. It's just, it's good, as you said, good for both. And uh,
1: Rosie, uh, with carers as well, like, I've learnt that having, like, I think they call it respite, where Mm -hmm. it's so important and you don't realise how much you need it until you're in it. Like, for me, like, the castle was a bit of respite as well. Like, Mm -hmm. I didn't have my phone. Like, apart from, like, sharing a castle with 12 different strangers, I think everyone should once a year just not have their phone for a few weeks yeah. just not really contact everyone that they're used to contacting and just you get this self-awareness that I don't think I would have got had I not done the castle
2: it's like a detox isn't mm-hmm. it yeah. it is Yeah, like a mm-hmm. detox because we are we are all guilty of just being on our devices all the time and not looking up yeah sometimes <laughs> I'm
1: scrolling and I'm not even scrolling at any, yeah. I'm not even looking for anything
2: just doing just it Just
1: it's like becoming a yeah. mm-hmm. uh, body part of that I'm I just know? you know mm.
0: I always find when you meet up with friends and you don't have anything to talk about because you're completely caught up. <laughs> yeah. It <laughs> talks about everything.
1: Do um, you ever check your screen time? Like when they. Oh, don't say. I'm more. too
2: frightened to do that. Oh, no. That's Yours f- will be terrible. Mine be terrible. and will...
1: Now, during lockdown, mine was like, yeah. yeah. It was horrendous. Crazy. It was hitting like eleven hours. <laughs> Jeez, I think
2: I might be even worse than that. I might be even worse than that. For goodness' sake! But it's. I mean, we'll have to have these conversations one day, won't we? Mm-hmm. I mean, you've already said that I can come and stay with you, haven't you? Oh. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> Maybe.
1: No, but well, God, God. You don't willing, know, do you? You yeah, don't God know willing, until that that, that time doesn't ever come where you're needed that but I know that mm. the relationship especially that you two have, like... Rosie, we'll be fine. Rosie would always step up.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah I think so. Definitely. Definitely.
1: Definitely. And then you're like fit and you've got nothing to do. Yeah,
2: cool. yeah, yeah, yeah. But even with my mum and dad, I mean, they live in the same block. They've lived there for like 40 years. And wow. they are at, the, at the top of the block and there's no... I mean, it's only like five flights, but there's no lift. Oh. So they didn't want to move out of that area because they feel very safe there. And it's near mm-hmm. the shops and all of that. They know it. They know it really well. They know all their neighbours. And a first floor flat came up. We moved them from the top to the first floor. Now, that's going to give them... The independence yes. for longer, mm-hmm. you know, for longer. And then if they do need care, you know, they're obviously up in Scotland. But if they do need care, we can do something. We mm-hmm. we can do something about it, like the way that Home in- Home Instead do things. We can, we can look at all these different options that mm-hmm. you have. But we have to have the conversation. You know, we have to uh, have to have the. Con- I think we all have to have yeah, that conversation no, we do. Just yeah. to and let people know what they want.
1: Let me just add to that. So, in the South Asian community, like, everyone is, when it comes to care, like, mm. family first. Absolutely. Like, and, yeah. you know, outside care, that's, like, sort of frowned upon. And it was a journey with, like, and there's also culture as well, like, getting family to think, oh, this person from the outside is going to be, okay. Mm. But then once you realize how much you needed it, because ev- it can't be a 24-hour job for someone in the family, especially when someone like my mum needed 24-hour care. Of course. Because it's not fair. That okay. doesn't mean you don't love that person enough or, you know, because I was always thinking I can't do the lady things. Like when mum needs to go, like for the first couple of months when mum was living with me, she'd had a fall and we, like me and my, my friends, like we'd take her. They'd help me take her to the toilet. and yeah. I, Then I'd take mum to the toilet. But I know that for mum's integrity. And, uh, you know, that's not something she really wants to see as her son. Mm-hmm. I understand. It. And, and it's, that's
2: about her dignity and yeah, everything like that. So. And what she's comfortable with and what she's having. Exactly.
1: With, so that's why. That's when I was like, no, nah, I need to have a female present 24 hours a mm-hmm. day with mum. Yeah. And that, that way she's not going to feel a certain way. And I'm still going to feel like her little son. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what yeah, I mean?
2: Yeah, no, I get that. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And I,
1: I guess it's the same with every community where it's... it's it's not easy first because it's also a stranger living in your house. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. But once you find the right stranger, trust me. <laughs> Makes all the difference, doesn't it? It's game changing. It.
2: Yeah. And it is, again, it, is about, it yeah. is about trust.
0: Yeah. Who do you want to work with next?
1: Okay, so... Who's I, on the list? I'm just um, kind of launching, well, signed this artist to Sony. Um, his name is Lewis Fitzgerald. He's like 20 years old. He's... Um, Originally from Ireland, he's the superstar, and he was, during I think the second lockdown, he got fired from his job at Halfords, and this went viral on TikTok because he was singing to a customer without wearing a face mask, and then the manager of that Halfords fired him, but then the video that she filmed, or he filmed, went viral of him singing, um, so sick of love songs you know that new yeah, yeah. oh I, yeah.
2: love, I love, you that love that song. I do I love, love you yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah yeah
1: I do so basically in the during the pandemic I built a new shed
0: an updated in, shed in
1: the house I live in with mum
0: okay
1: it was a, it was an updated shed <laughs> I, I had like Moroccan tea lights and like just, um it's called apple trees and then he just started getting the bus down to the studio and then we just started writing and I'm the kind of guy where I, I just get excited about something or instinctively, if I know that this guy's this kid is a superstar he's like he was nineteen then, and he can sing it's like back to what I do best like I love like superstars like I loved working with beyonce obviously like uh, and Emily and Sam, but a lot of these artists I worked with when no one really knew who they were as well, mm. and there's something that you get from that yeah. it's, it's it's not the same as because you're watching someone grow into. You know, watching Emily grow from the Glasgow medical student to then Mm -hmm. seeing her perform at the Olympics, which was like in the space of like two years, like I thrive off that Mm -hmm. because that shows that you can believe in something and then you can watch it happen and more for that person as well. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's what's going to happen with him.
2: That's, fantastic. That's brilliant that you get so much out of seeing somebody else. I get
1: so much satisfaction. Yeah. Uh, just being a passenger in the vehicle, sometimes I'm I'm even in the boot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't mind. That's okay. As <laughs> long as you're part of it. As long as I'm part of it. <laughs> it's and, absolutely funny. And then the end goal is just, it's even more beautiful than mm. to see, because you're like, oh, sh- I kept believing, and you kept believing, and we never stopped believing.
0: Oh. Mm. So we end each episode by getting our guests to tell us their biggest fail, regret and win. Ooh. So we'll start with fail.
2: Have you had any? It doesn't have to be giant.
1: Well, I wasn't. So but I went on Dill no I was a delivery driver for Domino's and I just want to put it out there. I was the worst delivery driver ever. <laughs> were you? Yeah, the pizzas were cold. Were they? Yeah. Some, oh, no. Sometimes that they... Yeah, sometimes a slice would get eaten and oh. I just... No, but that was me knowing
2: yeah. what, mm. I, what
1: I'm not to do. This isn't my sole uh-huh. purpose. My sole purpose is to love pizza, mm-hmm. as is everyone. <laughs> well, of course. But should I be delivering them?
0: No. no, no. no Just enjoy them.
1: Just enjoy them and then wait for your call from Noel Edmonds and... Like,
2: and then it's then fine. It's fine. <laughs> That's a good feel. a good feel. At least you realised that you were bad at that. Yes. Oh, yeah. And you had to move on. Yes,
1: and also don't sell Victorian dolls unless you you're obsessed with them. Yeah, indeed. Because you have to. Mm. That passion has to transcend into the. Yes. No, I just wasn't obsessed. No, with
0: you them. weren't really into that at all. No, <laughs> that. Very, very honest. <laughs> um, and what about regret?
1: Regret. Mm. <sighs> do you know what? Apart from like, I do wish I had a family by now, and then, uh, but then I would have had to have got married when I was twenty, but then. Who wants to get married when they're 20? So mm-hmm. no, I don't think I have any regrets. That's no. good. <laughs> That's good.
2: That's good. You don't have to. Yeah, and everything yeah. is
1: God's timing. So,
2: yeah.
1: you know, God wills. You know. Sure.
2: And yeah. you've got tons of time. Yeah, you've mm-hmm. got tons of time to find. And
1: great. Lorraine said I look 12. So 12, yeah. amazing.
2: 12 years <laughs> yeah. old. Twelve years old. <laughs> yeah. no, but you have. You've got time. You've got. absolutely, yeah. The time is on your side, and when it's right. I mean, look, when you did Deal or No Deal, that was right. That yes. worked. Mm-hmm. You know, right. it absolutely felt right. When Miss Beyoncé phoned you yes. to say <laughs> you Hello <laughs>
1: <laughs> That was right. I love that, that was... her name couldn't be anything else <laughs> yeah. but Beyoncé. And,
2: and you yeah, you, you that was right. Yeah. That was the right time. True. Things happen at the right time. No, so, no, no regrets. Time. No regrets.
0: Good. And finally you win. Mm. Biggest win.
1: Biggest win. Making my mom and dad proud of something that they were quite unsure about me getting into, like the music business, and mm-hmm. like, and then when I took them for dinner with Prince Charles and Camilla, and I think that was, even though that wasn't like a number one record, that was a moment. Mm-hmm. Cause they were like, "Oh, our son is actually doing something important. Otherwise, we wouldn't be here." <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> no, I'm I'm very much a family kind of guy, like. If I can make my family proud and my friends proud, like that's my win in life. And that's what happened in the castle. <laughs> that's
2: a yeah. fantastic win, isn't it? Lovely, an absolute fantastic win. Thank you so much for oh, no, talking yeah, to yeah, us. I can't you. call you naughty boy. You're gorgeous <laughs> boy. <laughs> lovely boy. No, I've got a little cheeky side, but I don't think <laughs> this is the right show. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Oh, but it's so great to see you. No, thank, thank you, you so thank much. You. Right, so both lovely, of you. and
1: you look so similar, but not yeah. just like looks wise, energy wise. Yeah. This is a real like... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, but thank you for having me.